0: Well, hello, good afternoon, good evening and good night wherever and whatever you're doing this is Chad Womack, and this is the inaugural episode of the electric jellyfish podcast um It's been a long journey getting to the point that we're at now uh been doing this for about oh, the better part of a decade podcasting in general that is um got out of the game for a while because it just kind of lost its luster so to speak Um, and I was looking for something that would make this exciting feel new again Um, and uh, the opportunity presented itself to kind of start fresh uh, and most importantly be able to do it with someone that is pretty much the center of the universe for me Uh, uh, the woman I'm married to Uh, and she's over here blushing in the corner now. Um, if, if I haven't said it already, this is, this is Chad Womack. I've been doing this for a while and I've kind of dragged my wife, Shannon, say hello, Shannon, hello, kicking and screaming into this (laughs) a little bit, but, uh, it's, it's something we've been talking about for a while. Uh, I've, I've got a couple of friends that we've, that I made before Shannon and I got together. Um, in the process of doing podcasting, uh, being in the media scene in the local media scene in the Dallas Fort Worth area for, for quite some time. Uh, and I was just constantly encouraged and bolstered to do something like this because I've got such a passion for it. Um, I caught the podcasting bug. Oh, probably around 2008, 2009 after listening to Kevin Smith do his, uh, podcast and kind of create his podcast empire and i was intrigued by it and inspired by it because it seemed like such a fun thing to do i mean you know all you really have to do is just sit in front of a microphone and just vomit your your thoughts into a microphone and see how people react to it see if people give two shits about what you have to say uh sometimes they do sometimes they don't it's better when they do um because then you can at least get feedback and know if what you're doing is worthwhile. It it feels worthwhile while you're, while you're doing it, but it always feels better when people actually are interested in what you're doing. Um, and uh, it, when in the the podcast that I was involved with in the past, we basically just covered pop culture and. Uh, it, it 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 got a little too sports oriented for me, so I kind of wanted to bail out of it because it was it was it was becoming too sports centric, and that's not the road I wanted to go down. Um, so I, I I wanted to keep it more uh broad, but I wanted to get a little bit more, um, I don't know what what's the word I'm looking for here, Shannon. Not not just about pop culture, but I wanted to talk about um other aspects of pop culture that that we never really covered on the other podcast. Uh, I want to do a little bit more about gaming and that's coming in the future. Uh, I've got a couple of people that are, that are really excited about being involved in this. Uh, so we're, we're not about any one specific thing. Uh, you know, we're, we're not just talking about pop culture. You know, I I know Shannon and I really want to talk about, mm, I don't know. What would you call it? Well,
1: oh. I think it's more like how our taste in music is. It's very eclectic. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of different interests. Right. We don't just have just one area that we care about. We are touched by all types of art Mm -hmm. and music and all types of different movies. Um,
0: Which is kind of the genesis of where our relationship began. Exactly. Was our, our passion for movies. One movie in particular, <laughs> or one movie franchise in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh that's And that's kind of what this episode is really going to be focused on. It's kind of like our origin story. If if you want to, you know, shoehorn a, a pop culture reference in there, this is kind of our origin story. Uh, mine and Shannon's origin story. Not so much the podcast, but how we met, how we got together, and how we got to where we are now. Um. Uh, shannon and i have known each other god um for
1: close to 40 years yeah
0: pretty close to 40 years uh we met back in 82 yes uh, in junior high school and i was absolutely blown away when i saw her from across the room in seventh grade and whatever class and i can't believe i should know what class it was but uh it was either we were talking about it earlier it was either a a math class or a science class we can't even remember what time of the day it was because we're old and that kind of shit happens to you when you get older (laughs) you forget shit that you should probably remember um what
1: i do remember it was a coach's class
0: yeah well i mean it seemed like by the time i mean because that wasn't really a factor in elementary school There weren't really coaches. They were just, they just taught PE. But, but once you got to junior high and high school, uh, I'm not sure what the curriculum is like now. Cause you know, I mean, you know, my cousin, who's actually one of my closest personal relatives, he's, he's more like my little brother than my cousin is a teacher right now, but I don't know if that's still the way it is to where, and it seemed like almost every coach that was a teacher was a history teacher or a science teacher. yes, More often than not, that's how it was. Um, but yeah, I I'm pretty sure there there was a coach that was that was our teacher. Uh but this was the summer right before Jedi came out. Right Before Return of the Jedi came out. That's why you were reading what you were reading.
1: It was in 82. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah. it was before
0: like 10. literally. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was reading a novel of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah,
0: you're reading the novelization of the Empire Strikes Back and I was stunned. Because here I am, this this dorky little seventh grader who had no game to speak of whatsoever. Um, Here she goes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm looking at her as she's reading this because I had a copy of that book in my book bag at the time. Uh, And uh, I'm like, holy crap, this gorgeous blonde is sitting there reading the Book of My People. <laughs> it's like chicks like that don't don't aren't into this kind of thing. What's wrong with
1: her? You found out.
0: Yes, I did because I looked at you and I asked you, you. You remember what I asked you? Yes. Go ahead.
1: You like Star Wars,
0: and your response was
1: yes. Who doesn't?
0: And my thought in the back of my head was, I'm going to marry this woman someday. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> I did
1: took a while. It took a
0: while. Uh, that was a very long and bumpy road. Um, we we wound up in another class together the following year, and it was just this, this constant me staring at her and her not really knowing that I was infatuated with her.
1: Didn't have a clue. No,
0: no, because, again, no game. So um, we get to high school, and I don't think we had a class together our freshman year in high school. Did it we? Was
1: It was theater class.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. It's... It, <laughs>
1: 84, I remember. Because that was the year you really discovered one of your favorite yeah. icons. Yeah. And you started asking me if I liked him.
0: Right, yeah. Why do I not consider theater class just a class? Like I'm like I'm thinking, you know, you know, one of the reading, writing, arithmetic, you know.
1: Right, not the class that made you nervous and, you know, which it did to everyone i think at that age which is why i took theater right
0: i wanted to boost your confidence a little bit
1: i wanted to not be afraid of public speaking yeah and it definitely taught me that more than anything else well
0: i remember being kind of bummed when we got to junior high school because i was kind of under the impression that when we got to junior high school there was going to be a theater class Mm -hmm. i don't know why i thought that but i remember because where I went to elementary school, it was right next to the uh, middle school that you and I met at. You went to a different elementary school. uh, Yeah. You went to a different elementary school before you came to Agnew. I went to Florence Black and you went to where?
1: Rutherford. Rutherford.
0: Right. Which was close, but it wasn't like literally sharing the same plot of land. Florence Black and, and Agnew kind of run into each other. It's changed now for those of you that are familiar with the mesquite area and the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, both of those schools have pretty much just been rebuilt from the ground up. They barely resemble what they used to right. look like when we, whenever I went to... Florence Black is completely new. I mean, it's completely different. It's not even the same exact location. They actually moved it back a little bit and rebuilt it from the ground up.
1: They did the same with Agnew. Well, I
0: mean, Agnew still has the same footprint. It's still in the same spot. They actually just bulldozed Florence Black to the ground and moved it back several hundred yards away from Newsom. If if, if I remember correctly, that's the name of the street that it was off of. But that was pretty much the center of our world for the longest time. And then until we get to, which is pretty much the same for everybody. Once you get to high school, everything changes. You know, the the cliques form, people that you were close with all the way through grade school, all the way through elementary school and through the bulk of middle school. It does kind of change a little bit. The cliques kind of do start to form in middle school. Yes. Because the class structure changes so much. Yes. I mean, when you have... What we refer to, and again, I I sound like such an old guy here, Uh, when you're in elementary school, you have a homeroom that you pretty much stay in the majority of the day. Right. And you leave twice for um, a reading class and a math class, right? Yes. But pretty much everything else, history, science, all the other stuff, was taught by your homeroom teacher.
1: Right. You did everything as one class. Right.
0: And the only time you really intermingled all that much with other classes was either in PE class. Or during lunch, but of course they won't let you talk during lunch because you know you can't eat while you're talking, and if you don't eat, you get chewed. The teachers get chewed out by the parents apparently, and it's punishable by death or something. I always thought that was so ridiculous that we never really got to socialize. Really? Well, at least in my elementary school, maybe yours was no, different. Mine oh God, was,
1: mine the lunch room was loud. Oh God,
0: no, the everyone
1: old, was talking.
0: I wish, I wish my elementary school was like that. It was like, you know you know keep your mouth shut unless you're chewing something unless you're putting a bite into it you know wrap it up eat and get the hell out of here you know it was it was so wow. it was yeah you know that it was it was a really oppressive environment in this when you were in uh in elementary school in the 70s and i don't know why i don't know why i guess it was just a a florence black thing that did that
1: it must have been
0: so rutherford was nothing like that
1: no and the dallas school that i went to before that wasn't wasn't like like that that either no
0: yeah i don't know why florence black was like that why why it was like you know you were in the prison yard it was it was just ridiculous
1: must have been a principal a principal's decision
0: probably it was very militaristic or or
1: sounds like nazis
0: yeah kind of was i mean the only time we really got to be ourselves and act like kids was was p.e class was gym (laughs) class uh that's where we all learn how to square dance (laughs) because <laughs> oh, that was a useful skill to pick yes, up
1: that's very useful i always thought that dodgeball was a very good lesson <laughs> you learned to think quick didn't yeah, you
0: you learned you learned who was you learned which one of your friends were really assholes <laughs> if nothing else yeah thanks man yeah I, I can't feel my face thanks for that stinger um
1: but you learned to move quickly. yeah you did you?
0: yeah you did you learned how to well dodge hmm. um and, of course, there was library class, but, of course, you couldn't speak in library because nobody talks in the library. Um, so it was always a very oppressive environment in elementary school. And when you finally get to, to middle school, you're like, oh, my God, I'm grown up now. I can get actually pick and choose what I have for lunch. I can go to the to the gym and get a chili dog and a bag of Fritos and not get the, the, the planned menu of the day item, which was usually something deplorable, uh, unless it was pizza day. <laughs> <laughs> Unless those pizza day are like you were on that that constant I knew so many people that were on that gravy fry trip oh constantly we're we're getting fries covered in gravy and then they would just cover it in salt and pepper, mainly pepper, or they would get those yeast rolls, which I will admit I was a sucker for the yeast rolls. yes,
1: they were good.
0: chicken fried steak day was always kind of a thing that we looked forward to too. I mean, like, I see it come up on social media feeds all the time where, like, you know today was going to be the bomb when this showed up on the menu and it's a picture of the square pizza. Mm -hmm. Everybody felt that way. Well, for the most part, unless they were lactose intolerant. But we didn't really know what lactose intolerance was back when we were kids in the 70s.
1: Yes, that was not anything that we were told. We were like, get over it, weakling.
0: Yeah. But uh, then when we got to high school, we didn't... I don't know, once after, I guess, after theater class. I don't know. How would you describe what happened? We just kind of lost touch with each other. We didn't see each other as frequently. We didn't communicate as frequently, but we were still in theater. Yes. Um, and then there was that fateful day <laughs> where I kind of bared my soul to you and yeah, it didn't go very well. <laughs> I kinda got I kinda got friend zoned on that day.
1: <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah.
0: And uh, we didn't talk very much after that.
1: <laughs> no, and I tried to be as nice about it as possible, but you kinda shut down. Yeah. And I kept thinking you were leading up to that mm-hmm. for at least a month before it happened. Right. And I was trying to avoid it. I didn't. In fact, I kind of tried to get you to not say it. I was like, don't, (laughs) don't, let's not do this. Okay. But I
0: I knew that if I didn't get it out, I was never going to get it out because I, I felt too strongly about you for you to just sit on it forever. And, uh, yeah you were you were just not quite there. you were not ready for that kind of uh
1: i was not ready relationship for that.
0: you weren't ready for anything like that
1: no, I wasn't ready for anything like that with yeah. anyone
0: right but um but that, you didn't realize no that. I didn't realize that and it freaked me out um <clears throat> so I kind of just gave you space and didn't bother you about it ever again well then <laughs> <laughs> you have this look at your face like oh shit here we go uh let's see how did that how did that start how did the how did the the second round
1: the evening in question right yeah well i was working at that store at the mall right yeah and you just happened to walk by and see me because the
0: all glass it's like all windows
1: right the whole store was all glass
0: what was it what was the name of the place because i always i always get it wrong
1: it was called career image okay and it was in the mall Mm -hmm. in In town east mall in mesquite in the late 80s Mm -hmm. and i was a manager well an assistant type manager there. So, so all I'm, the responsibility
0: and none of the benefits? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I know the drill.
1: Basically, the hours that the manager doesn't want to work right? Yeah. is how that works. Yeah. Everyone knows how that works.
0: Basically, you either got to close or you got to open all the freaking time. You and never, if
1: someone didn't show up, you had to. Yeah. So, that type of situation. But anyway, you happened to see me there through the glass, mm-hmm. and you came over, and we just started talking, and I was... Going over to a friend's house after work, her parents were out of town, and
0: this was right after we graduated.
1: This was December, right after we graduated. Yeah, so this was December of
0: eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. We graduated in June of eighty-eight, right? And we this this all happened.
1: So we hadn't seen each other or talked to each other in a long time, right? Um, so
0: because there was a time that you didn't go to that school anymore, right? But you came back eventually, right? Yeah
1: traffic actually yeah i didn't like the traffic going to north mesquite it was a real pain
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was much easier to drive further down the road to go to old mesquite well so it's kind I of did.
0: kind of six in one hand a half a dozen in the other considering mm-hmm. where you were living at the time because you live right off of Beltline. line right so
1: but so you come up to me you start we start talking i ask you well we're just gonna go and hang out we're not really doing anything we're just sitting around <laughs> talking her mm. her parents happened to be visiting relatives out of town and she didn't want to stay by herself so i told her i'd stay with her that night and i was like we're just gonna go over and just hang out and at this music, point i didn't whatever. live there anymore. i didn't
0: live in mesquite anymore i'd moved out i'd moved away i'd moved to um Los colinas which is where the cowboys used to have training camp and used to be their their home base so i had uprooted from mesquite and moved into a condo where my sister lived right just to have a change of scenery and I was in town. I'd, I'd come back into Mesquite to visit my parents because they had some friends that had come in from out of town that lived in Mississippi because their daughter was in a cheerleading competition or something at the Dallas Convention Center. The, I remember the weather sucked, and I was just going to jump back in my car and just go back to Los Colinas. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to the mall and see if Shannon's there. Right. Boy, am I glad I did that. <laughs> 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 because, go ahead, honey. <laughs>
1: well we were drinking a little bit a little bit i was just drinking a little bit you thought i was you thought i was really really drunk but i wasn't and it was it was one of those situations where my friend that i was staying with decided to go and um have a closer conversation with her boyfriend of the moment in her room and I had been trying to drop some subtle hints on this guy over here all night that maybe I wanted to have a private conversation in a bedroom with him. And he just wasn't getting it. No. So finally, I looked at him and I said, okay, do you want to go to bed now? And he gets up and starts thinking he's going to get in his car and go home. And I was like, no, do you want to come to bed with me
0: i'm taking this as a hint that you're going to sleep
1: (laughs) right well again
0: no game still even after i graduate high school
1: (laughs) so i finally decide at this point okay fine what do i have to lose so i start pulling my clothes off in front of him (laughs) and i'm standing there pretty much naked wouldn't you say yes and he's still looking at me like what the hell are you doing And I, I looked at him and I was like, maybe he really is just not interested in me anymore. So I, I look at him and I'm like, do you not want to, do you want to fuck or not? (laughs) And um, and, uh, That's when the clothes start coming off pretty quick on this guy. (laughs) And I was like, you know, maybe, you know, I mean, because, you know, when you're that age, when you're um, 18, you're like, Well, maybe this guy changed his mind about me. And then you think, and the other side of your head, but most guys will sleep with anything. So what's (laughs) wrong with me that this guy's not getting naked with me? And (laughs) so needless to say, he got naked Mm -hmm. pretty quick. Yes. And we don't have to go into any kind of gory details about the evening, but let's just say um, we had sex. Yeah.
0: Uh, A lot of it (laughs) for a long time.
1: Well, he was, you know, just turned 19, so I don't have to explain that situation to you. And then, you know, (laughs) the the really funny part about this whole situation is that I had no idea. And this is actually a credit to him as a man. I had no idea that he'd never had sex with anyone before. You were my first. I had no clue. Mm Mm-hmm. He must have been practicing a lot in his mind
0: <laughs> <Shit>.
1: <laughs> or in other places. I don't hey, know. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> but I thought for sure that he had had other girlfriends and I thought for sure, oh, pl- pl- surely he has done this with someone else before. It never entered my mind no. that I was his first time. And I didn't know this until almost 30 years later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He wasn't about to tell me then.
0: No. So, yes, we we time-jumped 30 years after that night because we didn't see each other again.
1: No, he... uh, I don't know if we thought that we had each other's phone number because I didn't and he didn't. I don't know if he thought I was really drunk and didn't know what i was doing i didn't know what i was doing i hope you can say i knew what i was doing yeah
0: <laughs> at the time i wasn't sure that you were you were fully aware of of uh <laughs> of, of of what you had done and you you had regrets about it so i didn't want to drag it out in the open and embarrass you um if if that was the case and in in my attempt to to not screw it up we screwed it up We just, we, we, we completely lost touch with each other. And it's something that I regret every single freaking day.
1: Well, you know, it's one of those things and I'm sure most women will agree with me. A lot of guys, once they do that game is over and they're on to the next girl.
0: But that's, that was, that was not my thought process at all. I was just, I was really concerned that, um, you had done something that you didn't really intend to do. Um and you and I maybe
1: talk- maybe the first time it would have been something I didn't intend to do, but not the fourth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that same night, yes. The I same know.
1: night, yeah. I think we kind of what? slept for 30 minutes before the sun came up yeah. i mean it was one of those yeah and one I, of those things you can only do when you're 19
0: and i had to work at nine o'clock in the morning at bennegan's <laughs> i came and dragged my ass in and everybody in the crew looked at me and they knew what had happened without me having to say a damn thing <laughs> hey man boy you look like you got laid last night didn't you <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> i sure did if I could take a picture and print it out of uh, out of the memories I've got, you'd be stunned. <laughs> you'd be shocked. And time passed. We made all kinds of really stupid decisions over the course of the 30 years that led us up to a text from a Facebook messaging <laughs> app that, that I got. Um, we were both on the tail end of failed or failing relationships uh, that we were unhappy or let's face it, borderline miserable in uh, that just weren't working. And uh, from out of the blue, you, you messaged me um, and we struck, struck up a conversation and it felt like no time had passed. Like it literally felt like this was the day after our, our late night rendezvous in 1988. And it was so, it was so weird that you and I both felt that way. Mm-hmm. Like we literally picked up where we left off. And I don't know how to explain that to someone who has never gone through something like this. Uh, Cause I really don't know of anybody that has.
1: I've heard other stories, but it's not anyone I. Not ever anybody known. we know. Yeah, right. You know, I, it's
0: it's really hard for people to relate to this that we're that we're close to or personal with have you know personal relationships with because everybody's like what really and you know every time we've told this story to somebody they're like really like that actually happened I'm like mm. swear to God I, I you know I I couldn't make this up
1: and we even have the text messages to
0: prove it yeah yeah that it
1: happened um mm-hmm. uh, one of my one of my cousins had. Mentioned to me that a friend of hers had just bought a house on the street that I was living on when I first met you. Mm -hmm. And that's what made me start thinking, I wonder what happened to him. Because I had heard that you had married someone that we had gone to high school with. Mm -hmm. And that was the last thing I ever heard. I, I thought, oh, I'm sure he's still married to that girl and they have two or three children. He may even be a grandfather by now. I'm going to just see if I can find him and say hi and see how he's doing. That was the end of of my thought process. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to catch up with him and see how he's doing. And maybe I can meet his kid or his grandkid or whatever. And wouldn't that be a fun thing to do after all this time?
0: And here's the irony of that. Yes, I did marry somebody from high school, but it wasn't who you thought it was. Right. Because I was engaged to that girl in question while I was in the Navy, but it just didn't pan out. Right. So then I got married to another girl that was a year behind us and we did have a kid, um, in 93. <clears throat> um, and you know, she's an adult now, or I guess what passes for an adult now. Uh, and, uh, she's, you know, kind of doing her own thing. So, you know, it's, it's not like I've got a a grade school or a, or a, a high school student running around. She's, you know,
1: She's in her late twenties. Yeah, she's isn't in her she? late twenties, pushing yeah.
0: thirty. So, um
1: A reminder of how old we really <laughs> yeah, are.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but uh you know, it's just it's just weird how things circled back the way that they did when when you reached out to me and it's like no time had passed and we literally picked up the conversation where we left off in eighty eight. Yes. It's like the conversation that we should have had the next day. Right um and then we realized just how um
1: unhappy our marriages were and how happy we were every time we talked to mm-hmm. each other it was like wow i forgot what it's like to laugh mm-hmm. i forgot what it's like to look forward to actually speaking to someone right and i had lost that for so long mm-hmm. um the person i was married to was just Let's face it, he just wasn't a very nice person to no. me. He was really bad conversationalist, and I'm not someone who talks all day long, but I do like to have a laugh every mm-hmm. now and then.
0: Yeah, you, you like to have s- someone to speak to that actually... Gosh, I don't want cares. S- well, I, I, I mean, what
1: I have to say that,
0: but you know, I, I don't want to sound too pretentious, but at least matches you intellectually on some level.
1: Oh yeah, we're definitely the same level of uh, something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, we we have so many of the same passions, so many of the same interests, Uh, and I mean, what we're doing right now to me is is, is such a huge passion of mine. And then when you saw that I was struggling with the the last attempt I had at this, with trying to podcast, and it just, it just, my it this my smile had left me. Yes, it it, just, it, 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 it wasn't fun anymore. The joy no, was pretty much out of it. No. Uh, but I want, but the passion for doing it had never left me. It's just the situation I was in just wasn't working for me. Um, just and, wasn't a
1: cohesive <clears throat> right mix of people for you. You right. felt you felt like the what is it the. Thumb at the finger finger party. party, Yeah. Yes.
0: And, uh, it was kind of disheartening because, you know, it was, it was something that I was so felt so strongly about just trying to get off the ground because, you know, when, when we, when we started the thing that we did back in, back in the, uh, late two thousands, early, you know, 20 teens, podcasting was kind of a new thing. It was kind of in its infancy. Uh, not a lot of people were doing it. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, I hearken back to to Kevin Smith, and that's why uh, I got into it because I was listening to his podcast, and I said, "God, that sounds like it'd be a fun thing to do." Hmm. I mean, all you gotta do is just, you know, take what's in your head and put it on a microphone, and if people like it, cool. If they don't, well, okay, I guess they don't.
1: Well, uh, you remember when you were telling your your boss that we spent Friday afternoons in your room listening to records mm-hmm. and she thought that was the greatest thing ever oh you mean when, well,
0: when we were when i was first right when the, when the quarantine started and right. i was working from home yeah
1: yes and she thought that was the greatest thing ever and i was like yeah that's kind of what this is right it's like just two people who enjoy each other's company having a conversation mm-hmm. um you know it's stuff that we
0: do anyway Right. Well, we will sit there and we'll... <laughs> this Mostly
1: is, in a bubble bath.
0: <laughs> that, that. This or, is
1: kind of a bubble bath conversation. It's, we a, just, it's a virtual bubble bath. Right. We just talk about whatever we want to talk about.
0: Or like like I was telling you, like we'll start a movie or something. We'll, we'll pull something up on, on the media server or just whatever we might happen to stumble across on one of the streaming platforms. With every intention of watching that movie, mm-hmm. and then something comes up either during the course of the film or we're scrolling through our social media feeds while, cause who doesn't, right. You know, we put a movie on and we don't really look at the movie as much as we probably should. Cause we're like Facebooking or Instagramming or whatever the hell. Yes. And that we'll see something noise. Mm-hmm. and we'll show it to each other. And then we'll just go off on a tangent and laugh and we'll start cracking up and we'll, we'll go on a, we'll, we'll go on a 90 minute, you know, conversation about whatever the hell we find and I and I remember I've I've stopped I've stopped in the middle of it several times. It's like this is a podcast conversation, right? Yeah, I've I've lost track of how many times we're like, we need to put this on wax, so to speak. So, thank goodness you kind of got infected by my enthusiasm for it because this was something I didn't really think you were ever going to have a lot of interest in because. Because of, I guess mainly because of the medium that you've been working in for so long. Right. That you you tend to be, you, you tend to work with something tangible. Yes. Something, something that you can touch, something that you can put your hands around. Yes. Well, go ahead and tell that story.
1: Oh, the painting?
0: Well, just who you worked with, what you were doing when you were working for her.
1: Oh. that's well, that's
0: That would be fascinating I, to a lot of people.
1: Well, the funny thing is it started, my fascination with it started probably in about 90, $2.93, I was in a one of those really fancy, expensive doll shops mm-hmm. that used to be everywhere. I don't know if there are any still in existence, but they used to have dolls in these things that cost two, three, four, maybe even ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And I looked at it and I already knew how to sew. I already knew how to do that type of thing. And I saw this beautiful doll that was done of Elizabeth Taylor. And it was from The Taming of the Shrew, Mm -hmm. the movie she did with Richard Burton. And I'm looking at this, and I was like, that is one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen in my life. And I'm like, I know I could make that dress. I know I could do that. But can I make that doll? And uh, it took a couple of years, and I decided to, hey – Take a class, because there used to be places around that would teach you how to do this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I did it just for fun. I was like, gee, I wonder if I can do that. And I start doing it, and I like it. And one doll led to two dolls led to four dolls. Up until the point of about 1997, after I'd been doing it for about um, two years, give or take, I... I'm sitting in a room, and this was back when, you know, um, computers were the new thing, and the internet was a dinosaur, and there happened to be a web page, not even a website, but a web page about the Anne Rice vampire parties that they used to have in New Orleans, and they still do. And it was something that was put on by the fan club, and it was something for all the fans to come to if they wanted it was, you know, you bought a, a ticket to go to this fancy dress ball mm-hmm. in New Orleans, close to Halloween. Well, my cousin and I are looking at it and we're like, you know what, that sounds like so much fun. Let's go go we found out there were still tickets available so we bought the tickets and this was three weeks before the party so we had to find a place to stay in new orleans on halloween which we didn't know at the time was such a difficult thing to do oh, good lord and uh, i mean we were naive kids in our 20s and we had no idea what we were getting into and isn't
0: that pretty much the halloween capital of the united states outside of maybe salem or something oh like that? it's
1: so much fun and we um i end up thinking I wonder, because I knew that Anne Rice had a doll museum that was in an old building that she had purchased called uh, St. Elizabeth's Orphanage. Mm -hmm. Well, she had redone the entire building, and that's where she kept her doll collection. And it was massive, and it was so awesome. And it was room after room of dolls. And she had a section in there for fan art. And I was like, oh, wow.
0: Light bulb moment.
1: Yes. I was like, oh, wow. I wonder if I made a doll for her if she would put it in the museum. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> that was the end of my thought process. So I made a really neat doll for her of her most famous character, Lestat. Mm-hmm. And I have it in my arms, and I'm carrying it into the party, into this, this vampire party where all the fans were there. And I just so happened to stand right next to a lady who worked for her named Sue Kuros. And she happened to be her uh,
0: personal assistant. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, we had no idea. Right. And I'm standing there and she looks over at the doll and she was like, wow, where did you get that doll? And I said, "I I made it. I'm trying to see if I can give it to someone up there you know one of the guard one of the security guys or something see if they will actually give it to her and she said i work for her <laughs> and i was like you're kidding Stop, and she was seriously? like she was like she was like yeah i work for her i can get it to her and she took me by the hand and she drug me backstage and that's how ann got the doll i was able to give it to her and i had a little card a little business card that was wrapped around the wrist and And I had written on the back of the card, I hope you like my work as much as I have always loved
0: yours. Mm.
1: And uh, that was it. And about six months later, I get a call from that same lady, Sue Kuros, Mm -hmm. asking me if I would be interested in making dolls for the Anne Rice collection, which was a store, a physical store and an online store that Anne, Anne Rice owned. And I was like, "Does this the Pope a- wear a funny I was like, hat?" I was like, "Is this a trick question?" I mean, I couldn't believe it. And I had actually been out that day, and I come back to this message on the phone, and of course she called on a Friday, mm-hmm. so I had to wait until Monday to call her back. But that's good because if I had actually answered the phone that day, I would have been like, "An
0: incoherent babbling fool,"
1: pretty much more than usual, and
0: and so
1: so that's how that happened it was just one of those crazy things that it it was like a kind deed that came back Mm -hmm. i mean it was it was like that was the most awesome thing in the world to an ann rice fan someone had been reading her since um probably the age of 13 i had started reading her books i the first thing i read was you know interview with the vampire and i was like wow this is a cool book and then i just started reading and how, reading and how, reading how long
0: after that had the film like when the film released because i know for a lot of people that don't like to read mm-hmm. that was kind of their first exposure it was, it
1: was a couple of years i say yeah i'm trying to yeah. remember what year that film came uh, that, out. that 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 film came out in 94 because i remember i went to see it the day it opened mm-hmm. i was so excited about it
0: and this was in
1: It was in 94. No, 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 you,
0: for when you met Anne.
1: uh, Halloween of 97.
0: Okay, so not all that long after. It was still big. Yeah.
1: It was still really, really big. And the goth stuff was really crazy in the 90s. Oh, yeah,
0: it took off like mad.
1: And uh, so, you know, but those of us who always loved vampire stories and witch stories and all that kind of stuff, ghost stories... You know, she was kind of like up there on a pedestal for us for years before the, the films or most of the world really realized who she was. And, you know, I was like, this is like a, the the best vampire author since Bram Stoker. Yeah, I you mean, know? Let, let's and, you know, face and, it, the,
0: the universe she created is yes, every bit and as important.
1: I, I mean, there have been a lot of other, a, a lot of other novelists and storytellers who have told some really cool stories over the years, but... Anne Nobody really, got it
0: like Anne got it.
1: Anne was really the first. I mean, she makes you truly believe when you're reading her novels that this person could really yeah, exist. that you're you know? reading a biography. Right, you're, you're really reading that, you know, this is Lestat and he's around. Yeah,
0: she, she did some really <laughs> incredible world building yes. with, with her novels. You know, she, she built a really credible... Uh, uh, believable universe universe. Mm you know i mean
1: and she is just the nicest sweetest lady and you see her in person and she's just this little bitty small lady and she's so all
0: that darkness came out of that and and she is
1: she is so pretty and so sweet and so kind and um i just thanked her every chance i got whenever i would see her in person i was like thank you for Mm recognizing my work basically mm-hmm. because she kind of put me on the map for a little while yeah um you know and you know thank you ann yeah. that was wonderful that you did that for me That's- and i think she did that for a lot of other artists because she had other artists that worked for her um little empire that she had at the time with the the selling stuff online and everything so thanks to her my work has gone to a lot of countries that would have never seen my work
0: right like don't you find pictures of things that you've done online constantly Oca-
1: occasionally yes i will run across something that i made and i was like wow that looks familiar and then i'll blow it up and i was like i know i why. Made i made that <laughs> yeah so that's kind of weird and and awesome at the same time it's
0: and know. we, we kind of keep waiting for this resurgence because like we i, I know that we've heard about several uh, several reports in the media that she's kind of re Re-work- well, not so much reworking, but I guess just...
1: They're wanting to do their own version of yeah. the Vampire Chronicles, and I really am excited to see it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I want to see it happen, because I, like, I know even she wasn't all that pleased with the the idea of Tom Cruise playing Lestat when it first came out. She well, was really resistant to it.
1: But I think she she did say she thought he did a good job. Yeah, she
0: thought better of it once she saw the finished right. product.
1: I, well, he, he tried, but I mean, Lestat is just... I guess he is something to everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, like you, you, you read a a story about someone who's fictional and you have an idea in your head of what they look like. And if the performer doesn't match up, that kind of throws you off.
0: Well, I mean, we, we've seen it happen. Uh, Like me being the comic book geek that I am, it happened in 89 when Michael Keaton was announced as as batman and we're like really be really mr mom beetlejuice as batman hell no and then it came out and you're like okay so we got that one wrong
1: you could buy it yeah
0: yeah and then and even more so when heath ledger was announced as the joker and the dark Mm -hmm. knight we're like bullshit there's no way you're gonna convince me that the dude from that uh from a knight's tale is oh okay never mind and it, it, and it, sadly, it was posthumous. But he won a freaking Oscar for that damn thing, right? I mean, it's it's one of the most convincing portrayals of of a comic book character ever. I mean, period, point blank. Mm-hmm. It's it's the first one to win an Oscar, to my knowledge. Uh, I, and I think up until oddly enough, Joaquin Phoenix did it again for the same mm-hmm. character, playing the Joker. It was, I think he was the only character. Both both Joaquin and uh, and and Heath. That have won Oscars for portraying a comic book character in a film, hmm. so it's, uh, there's something about that. I don't think it's going to happen for Jared Leto, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> I don't know who's going to play him next, but uh, it's uh, it's just it's just really strange. <laughs> that- I
1: always I always pictured uh, Jared Leto as playing a really I don't know. It's kind of a waste of his beauty to put all that ugly makeup on him because he's a very androgynous beautiful man uh jared leto is yeah well didn't he get to me he seems like he would be the perfect vampire well (laughs) i know he's about to get his chance funny that you
0: mentioned that because uh of a very little known uh character for the most part Kind of like Blade, in fact, it's from it's cut from that same cloth. Because mm. uh, I know the trailer dropped last year for Morbius, the Living Vampire, and he's playing Morbius, uh, and he. This is the thing that I think is going to be the thing that really makes him as a now. Granted, yes, I know he was in in the the Dallas Buyers Club,
1: and he was excellent, and he was
0: fantastic in that. When you mm-hmm. mentioned androgyny, right. I mean, he really you know blurred those lines in in that per, in that performance, but. I really hope that this is his really big breakout mainstream mm. uh, acting role. I hope it's something that he can kind of carve carve out a little you know corner in in the in in the, in the geek verse, and people will kind of give him his his props for something like this. Because it, it there is a shot right at the end of the trailer that is straight out of the comics, where he just kind of looks over his shoulder and his eyes are glowing. You're like, when I, I remember, whenever I saw them, I went, "Oh, jeez, God, <laughs> he's he's Morbius, all right." So. Hopefully, you know, not just. I know people kind of got vampire overload. Mm. You, you kind of like how we're also kind of going through zombie overload, right? And I'd like to see us get back to. Yes, I know Marshalla Ali is going to be playing Blade, uh, in the in the in the MCU going forward. I know Wesley still wants a piece of it for some crazy reason. Um, but uh, it's 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 going to be interesting to see this kind of circle back around. But anyway, we're we're going off on the on the uh on, the pop, is, on the pop culture tangents, but yeah, it all kind of ties in. This is how
1: our our conversations usually end. Mm-hmm. We yeah. start out on one end and end up in a totally different
0: uh, Yeah. It's kind it's kind of what we do. Yeah. But here we are all these years later. Um
1: and we met because of Star Wars. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So we ended up deciding to get married after 30 years <laughs> on Star Wars day. On
0: Intergalactic Star Wars day. Yes, we are such dorks. Yes, we are. That we got married on May the 4th. Yes. Uh we 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 uh try to uh I don't know, try to inject as much Star Wars geekiness into the wedding as we could without going completely overboard. Hmm. You know, you you came out to Princess Leia's theme whenever you when you came out in your in your wedding dress. Um, I had on a Darth Vader tie
1: <laughs> and socks
0: and socks that you got me. Uh, and and uh and the tie bar and the yes and the well actually I couldn't wear cufflinks because that shirt didn't have that's right a, a, a spot for cufflinks on it on the cuffs. But it I worn.
1: didn't really have a Star Wars theme dress. I no. had more of a Marilyn Monroe style dress. But with your favorite icon's color, mm-hmm. so it was a Marilyn Monroe-style dress in deep purple,
0: mm-hmm. and I had on a purple shirt. Yes, I had on a purple dress shirt, and I'm pretty sure I had on a purple pocket square.
1: Oh, more than likely. Yeah,
0: most likely. the The one thing that will always stick out to me was the uh, the the fruit bowl. The melon oh bowl. yes, my <laughs>
1: attempt at the space slug. Yes, I am not an artist when it comes to fruit,
0: <laughs> but we did our best. We did. <laughs> we and, took and he took our best shot,
1: and and he had segmented eyes. You remember we put a couple of grapes on <laughs> yes. toothpicks and gave him these googly eyes, and, and he had
0: pineapple teeth. And he
1: had pineapple teeth. <laughs> he was overall, he was a cute little character. I tell you,
0: pictures exist somewhere. Yes, I've, I have some. Yeah. Uh, uh but it was it was it was a really low key thing.
1: And it was fun. But
0: it was a lot of fun. And then we took off on our honeymoon weekend in San Antonio. We went we uh cruised down to the River Walk and you had never been there? No. Never been there. Um and we went to SeaWorld. We got a season pass to SeaWorld. And we went that one time and we never went <laughs> back. And it didn't it's not that we didn't want to go, we just never got around to going back. No, just life kind of always got in the way. We just never went back down there. And I regret that. I really regret that because I just, there were so many moments during that honeymoon that I felt like a kid again, just seeing <laughs> dolphins and, and, uh, seals and sea lions when I saw otters for the first, because I, I got this really weird obsession with, with sea otters on or river otters, mainly river mm. otters on Facebook. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a, a member of several otter groups <laughs> otter groups on facebook and i just i love pictures of otters and videos of otters and when i actually saw them kind of frolicking around i got a little choked up because they're just so cute it's like i would love to have an otter but i don't think they would like it here no in I Roy don't. city i don't think
1: so um i liked in feeding the seals they're a bunch of real pigs
0: i tell you what i will never forget going back to our car we could still hear those seals in the
1: parking lot begging for food Beg- and- like,
0: like they act like they're starving oh we yes know they're, they're not. like
1: a bunch of dogs they mm-hmm. act like they're starving when they just ate yeah yeah but
0: there was there was one in particular that sounded like a car alarm every time he would start- he was
1: the bully yeah
0: he was howling for food like like i'm never fed we're like bullshit <laughs> he would climb over any 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 pinniped in that pen to get a to get another fish
1: uh-huh he was the bully. Mm-hmm.
0: But I'd, I'd go back there in a heartbeat. We really need to make it a point to go back there at some point. It was point. fun. Yeah, we need to do that again. But here we are. Um,
1: coming up on two years. Mm-hmm.
0: We we have our, our two-year anniversary coming up uh, in May.
1: And it feels like we just got married. Mm-hmm. And then and and then on the other hand, it feels like we've been together forever. Yeah,
0: it's, it's so weird it's 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 hard to explain it and i know people will probably hear us googling and 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 ooing and awing over each other cuz we do it all the time we you know, it seem like we have those conversations constantly. Kind of like man i hope we make people sick because it's 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 weird to to lose touch with somebody that meant so much to you in your youth and when you reconnect you're thinking is that spark still there my God, is that spark still there? And that's one of the things that I think we're probably going to try to focus on going forward. I know that one of the things that you and I want to do on a consistent basis is encourage people. You know that you know we're we're now in our fifties. Yes, I know that's 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 a bitter pill to swallow for us and a lot of people that are of that age and are of a certain you know people of a certain age that are in constant denial. Of, no, no, I'm not that old. Yeah, you are. Sorry, you gotta you gotta embrace it. Uh, and life isn't over. No. At, at forty or fifty, because I know that there there are tons of people that we know that have gone through breakups that went through relationships that they really hung their hopes on and thought that that was going to be who they spent the rest of their life with, and it didn't turn out well at all. Right. And a lot of people just flat out give up that that they think that once I've hit this age, once my once I hit that empty nest syndrome of mm. my kids have graduated, they've moved out, they've started families of their own, and once your relationship implodes or whatever, it just fizzles out that you just don't want to start over again. You, right. just, you just want to give up and just say, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to be single for the rest of my life. It doesn't have to
1: be that way. No, it, it doesn't. really doesn't. You still have to be open to whatever happens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you close yourself off, you're you you know you're yeah. just living half a life.
0: Yeah, and you're, you're only kind of cheating yourself out of what could really be the best years of your life because you and I have looked at each other holding hands, driving down the road. Yes, we hold hands while I drive. Call me crazy mm-hmm. there. Like sh- Shannon does this thing with me where we take off down the road and I will look for her hand on my, you know, like, you'll put your hand on my stuff
1: <laughs>
0: on my stomach, or whatever, whenever I, when I look down and I see that it's not there, you're like, Oh, I'm sorry. And, and you'll, then you'll put it there. Cause it's kind of become like a security. I'm like, yes, I know we're pathetic, but you know, sue me um
1: we're trying to make up for a lot of lost time yeah yeah
0: and it's 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 really amazing to to feel this way to feel so strongly about someone and knowing that yeah you've got you've got a lot of years behind you but the years that you do have in front of you can still count that they can really be meaningful um and uh i'm 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 happier than i've ever been in my life and i'm I'm thrilled that with launching this this new podcast that that we've decided to launch that we'll be able to share our thoughts and and hopefully that you know anybody that might listen to this will get something out of it. you know that's really my ultimate hope and and goal is to share our experiences. Now Granted, they're going to be very varied across the board. We're going to focus on, you know, the relationship talk on certain episodes. We'll, we'll focus on geeky stuff and pop culture with, uh, with, with, you know, each other and other people that we'll bring in uh, that are just as, as excited and enthusiastic about this kind of stuff as we are. And, and hopefully we will get to know a lot of you that, that will pick up on this, that you'll, you'll get something out of it, you know, it, it will will entertain you somehow. That's really what we're trying to do is we, we'd, we'd like to share our experiences and hopefully enlighten. I know that sounds kind of pretentious, but enlighten and enrich other people's lives with it because that's really why creators create.
1: And if you can find one of those old friends from school.
0: Reach out. Yes. Yeah. Don't, don't let. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just yeah.
1: say, hello, how are you? Because
0: it is so worth it. The,
1: sometimes it is
0: yeah yeah it's 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 entirely possible it can blow up in your face
1: it is very true mm. i mean i i didn't know what uh what to expect when i said hi remember mm-hmm. me after you know 30 years i mean you could have completely forgotten uh, about me <laughs> i mean a, i, I had all. no idea and i definitely didn't expect to hear from you within 15 minutes yeah on a saturday night right
0: um, and you know, it was not only do I do I remember you? I've never forgotten you. There was no way.
1: Well, and obviously I'd never forgotten you either. Yes.
0: So, and so it worked out pretty well. Uh, there, there is a quote that I've, that I've been really fond of that I picked up on in a very obscure Steve Martin movie called the lonely guy, <laughs> um, where he was trying to start a relationship with this woman. I want to say it was Judith Ivy that played the, the part. I, I could be getting that wrong, but they were at a costume party, and uh, I think he was dressed as chaplain, and she was dressed as a princess or something and she was she always kept her guard up like she didn't want to commit because she was so terrified that if she got into a relationship, it was going to blow up in her face again because every relationship she had been in had ended badly and He told Steve Martin said something to her that has stuck with me forever there There isn't a lot about that movie that I remember, but I remember this that he looked at her and said. You've got to be willing to feel a little pain if you're ever going to feel any joy in life. And I'm probably paraphrasing a little bit. But when he said that, I was just like, damn, that's a really good point. <laughs> that if you, if you spend your entire life so scared that something is going to happen to you and you try to prevent it from happening to you, you will succeed. Right. Nothing will happen to you. And that's not a good thing. If you insulate yourself so much from anything happening to you, you'll have a very boring, unfulfilling life. And the life that you and I have have spent together just for the last couple of years has been nothing short of amazing. And I never thought I would find this much happiness and solitude. Just I, I feel safe. I know that my heart is in good hands. And I hope that you feel the same way. I do. So it's, it's good to know that, that you can find somebody at this stage in your life and truly find that comfort zone that so many people look for. And a lot of people, just they just let it glide right past them because they're just not willing to take the chance. But in a nutshell, that's, that's who we are. This was our, like I said, origin story, and we hope to share a little bit more about our, our, our experiences together you know t- together and before we got back together i'm sure everything will will come out in the wash as it always tends to do in shows like this uh but we're we're really happy to be um in this little arena sharing this uh sh- sharing our experiences with you hopefully that hopefully you enjoy it as much as we've uh enjoyed experiencing actually you know doing the crazy things that we've done and uh we're we're more than happy to share more with you later on uh, but, uh, again, st- uh, stick around, uh, we're, we're, we I've got a website up and running, um, that we'll be posting all this stuff on. Uh, I've got lots of people that are, that are wanting to be involved in it, which it really, really blows my mind. The amount of people that have reached out and said, Hey, I, I heard that you're doing this. Can I be a part of it? And we're like, yeah, sure. If, if, if you're, if you're wanting to commit to it, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll take you on. So we'll, we'll see what the future holds, but, uh, for now. Uh, we'll we'll wrap this one up. Uh, so we can recharge our batteries and we'll go at this again soon. So, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Um, again, my name is Chad. You can find us at the uh, not the, but Electric Jellyfish dot com. Uh, we're also Electric Jellyfish Podcast on Facebook. Uh, and on, gosh, I'm trying to remember all the social media platforms that we have <laughs> that we have pages on it. We're on Instagram as well, so. Uh, We'll keep you guys posted. We'll keep you guys informed. Thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you guys again.